Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturate, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And I'm happy to announce that we will have a launch date and it will be at the end of this month, the specific date we'll have in the next week or so. So that's super, super exciting. Finally, been saying that for the last two years or so. But anyway, when where all good things take time. And today I'm joined by um, my co-host and co-founder of New Strength, Craig McDonald. Hi, Craig. Hello, hello, hello. Very exciting about the date. I will believe it when I see it, but I'm very excited nevertheless. <laughs> Me too, and Emma and Emma. So today we wanted to get on and talk about when am I going to look like I want to look? And I guess that probably depends on how you actually want to look. But I guess for today's podcast, um, when am I going to have that? Because a lot of the women that we chat with and that come into our program, they want that athletic, muscular, toned look, basically. Um, and it's, and it, I mean, Craig was having a conversation with the client today, and this is what sort of prompted this podcast. And I think, that one thing that a lot of women really overlook is their strength and how actually, how strong are they across all of the different lifts? And, you know, I think one thing that really motivates me to be strong (laughs) is I just like to eat a lot of food and I just don't like to be hungry. And, you know, I remember when I met Craig, And I met Emma and, you know, he said to me, when it comes to body recomposition, obviously there's, you know, more nuances to it than this, but basically, you know, the weight that you put on the bar will control the amount of muscle you have, Kitty. So like, let's have a look at two women. This woman on the left can deadlift 50 kilos for 10 reps. The woman on the right can deadlift 120 kilos for 10 reps. Which one is going to have more muscle? I'm like, well, the one that can lift more weight, of course, Craig. And he's like, exactly. So do you understand what I'm saying about that? The, if you want to have more muscle, you've got to get stronger. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And then he said, and the amount of food you eat will control your body weight. So everything in between is basically body fat. And that's how we manipulate body composition. And I think, you know, when he told me that, and then I started to eat more food, went into the gym and really focused on performances and getting stronger, I noticed that my body started to change. You know, I, I was eating more food and I was starting to look like that athlete that I wanted to look like. So as my strength capability increased and I ate, you know, enough food to fuel muscle growth, so ate in a calorie surplus, I started to like look different and feel different too. Um, and, you know, I think, like I said before, a lot of women, you know, like, when am I going to look like I want to look like they're always trying to diet and starve themselves. And look, there are times when you will need to eat in a calorie deficit and do a fat loss phase. We just thought we'd talk through some of these things and the importance of, you know, performance, I guess, performance in the gym and your strength capability when it comes to actually building that physique. So Craig's just going to talk about an example client this week, which will, which will really demonstrate this, I think. (laughs) Yeah. So um, we all intuitively know that, you know, like you just sort of said before, and when I originally asked you that question all those years ago, I'm like, which, you know, saying that this, these two women are the same height and same body weight. One can deadlift 50 kilos for 10. The other one can deadlift 120 kilos for 10. Which one's going to have more muscle? Whether it was you or anybody else, whenever you ask that question, everyone's like, well, obviously the person 
you know, lifting 120 kilos, like they're going to, you know, that's, that's a big jump. Like they're, they're going to be, have way more muscle. And I'm like, yes, that's right. Did the penny just drop? Whatever you're doing now is purely in how you look, right? Obviously, it was, as we mentioned, food controls your body weight. So if you've got 30 kilos to lose, then yeah, you know, like the food's going to have the biggest impact in you going from, let's say, 100 kilos body weight down to like 70 kilos of body weight, obviously. But the composition and how you look throughout that process and how efficient that process happens is going to be related to your muscle mass retention of, of muscle mass or depending on your training age the, the ability to build muscle mass and the vast majority of the women that we work with all have the potential to actually be building more muscle all right we, we generally don't work with you know elite level athletes very rare we get an advanced person you know we get a lot of people who've been training for a long time but that doesn't really mean all that much once we actually see them so it's kind of like the muscle and that that strength capability is ultimately going to be a, a reflection of how your body composition changes so given that we all know that that strength increase or that strength capacity is going to be a reflection of that you just simply need to look at what you're doing right now so, you know, I always just use a deadlift because that's what most people can do. And it doesn't have to be a deadlift, a deadlift that you pick up from the ground. It could be a Romanian deadlift that you lift off from the rack and start from the, the eccentric portion. It could be a stiff leg deadlift, you know, or like it, it could be a squat, you know, a back squat, or it could be a hack squat, or it could be a leg press. You know, it doesn't need to be a bench press. It could be a Smith bench press. It could be a plate loaded chest press machine, whatever it is right? You have to understand that where you are right now, for you to really look like this version of yourself that you probably envisage in your head, there needs to be an exponential jump in what you're lifting, right? So, so for example, um, you know, I, I've, uh, I just hit a PB the other day on uh, our shoulder press machine, 70 kilos for 10, I've kind of just come out a bit of a, a dieting phase and so my numbers were just fairly stagnant for a while. And now I've kind of pushed up the food, like the jumps have kind of been fairly exponential, which has been great. But I finally hit, you know, this 70 kilos for, you know, I was stuck, couldn't quite get to 70 and then for nine. And then I finally did 70 kilos for 10. It's my all time PB. And interestingly enough, my shoulders and the way they look are the most developed they've ever been. Now that's not by coincidence, that is simply because from an objective metric, I've added more weight to the bar over time. And that in turn, providing that my execution and range of motion, my standardization of reps is good and the form is good. That in turn is the only thing that's changed, which is means that as a reflection has more muscle in that particular area. So it just has to come about that going, well, if, I, if I'm on a hack squat and I'm not even... I've got no weight on the on the pegs, but then I I I go up to doing so like two plates aside, like two twenty plates aside. That's eighty kilos. That is an exponential jump. And if your form is good and the range is standardised, your legs and your ass are going to look significantly different. So the answer, you know, a lot of people say, well, what do I need to get to in order to look like this person? I'm like, well, it needs to be an exponential jump. Right. So, so for, for this particular client, I'm sort of talking about her deadlift started, I think it was about 50 kilos. She's up to about 67 and a half kilos now for the same amount of 10 reps, which is a really good jump in, in the time frame, which has been about, 
about eight or nine weeks, you know, that's about a two and a half kilo jump roughly per week, adding a few more reps. That's pretty kind of standard. But for her to really look like the way that she's kind of describing, that number needs to be more like around 115 for 10. So a lot of people, when I say that number, people like their eyes rolling, they're like, holy shit, that's, that's a really big number. And I'm like, yes, but you need to realize that the people that can lift those types of weights look like the people, funny enough, that can lift those types of fucking weights. It just has to go up in, in, in that time and it has to take them out in that time. And a lot of people just go, you know, this is going to take me a while to get there. It's just like, well, yeah, obviously <laughs> developing a physique takes an incredible lot of time, an incredible lot of focus. It just doesn't happen. All right. If, if that was the case, the world would be a very different place. But the, the simple reality is you need to make an exponential jump. And, and, I, and for this particular person, I kind of related her and, and, and she's just kind of come from a marathon running background. Um, so she's, she's a small individual and generally not, you know, the, the typical demographic of, of, of women that we kind of work with. But one of our other coaches is like the same height and same body weight, right? But the difference in physiques is, is completely different because that person, and I, I pulled that number out of my ass about 115 for 10, because that's what our coach April can actually do. And when you actually see pictures of, of, of April and she's lifting and, and her physique and she's competed a few times, it's just like, well, yeah, she looks that way because of what she's capable of doing. You know, that's what she did. This, this is what she squats. This is what she overhead presses. This is what she can do for bicep curls. She can do 12 body weight chin-ups, no problem. Like they're, they're, it's all across the board, the strength. But I always just generally bring it back to the deadlift because most people can do that. And it's kind of the easiest free weight movement to do you know, comparatively to a squat or a bench press. But the reality is it's just a, always an exponential jump. And it's just like, yes, it's going to take time. Yes, it's going to take 12, 18 months. You know, and this all comes back to that person and how serious they take the training. Like, I, I, like I've, I've had a, a few clients sort of, you know, sort of spoken to over time. And they're like, you know, I've been doing this for a while and I've been following everything to the team. I just don't look the way I look. And because I'm so, you know, um, pedantic when it comes to, you know, measuring all the objective metric, I, I just go into Recomposer, which is the, um, the the training app that we use in order to, to, you know, for clients to log all of their weights and their reps, et cetera. And I just look at it. I'm like, what did you start with? You know, whatever exercise is, you know, and I always just generally look at the deadly first. I'm like, what did you start with? All right, what are you doing now? I'm like, right. And then I, I, I think about that in, in terms of time. I'm like, all right, you've been here for, you know, let's say nine months and you started at 50 kilos and your best effort up to this point is 62 and a half. So I'm like, you've added 12 and a half kilos to the bar over a nine month period and you're a novice lifter. It's not good enough. You are going to be the reflection of a one kilo increase onto the bar every four weeks, four to five weeks. I don't know if my math is kind of correctly in that timeline, but it's something like that. Now, obviously, we always need to take into account execution and, 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 and the, the, the time that it takes to learn the movements and feel confident with it and all that sort of stuff. But the reality is any person can make a, a far greater jump in that time period if they bothered to take their fucking training more seriously. And this is one of the biggest fundamental issues that we see. People go through the motions. 
Oh, program says I just need to lift this. Oh, the weight felt a little bit heavy, so I stopped. Oh, you know, I just I wasn't feeling it today. I just wanted to pull my weight down. I want to. I'm okay. Cool. That's fine. But again, you then can't get to the end of a certain period and go, why haven't I changed? And I'm like, why haven't you pulled your fucking finger out and put a bit more effort into your training? I've been doing the best as I can. Okay, cool. No problems. But you've still only added a 12 and a half gear, so you've got to accept that that's the change that you've got. But I just thought I would have looked better. Compared to what? It's 12 and a half kilos over a nine-month fucking period. It's nothing. It's barely... What, 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 I don't, what's percentage? It's, it's minimal. So you can only expect that if you make minimal progress from that, you know, if that was, if, if it was 12 and a half kilos over a, uh, a 10 week period, yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. You know, because then where is it going to be in another 10 weeks? And then another 10 weeks over that, you can see the exponential jumps. Right. And progress is never linear. I get that. You know, things happen and sometimes you can't train, or sometimes an exercise just hit hits the wall because of execution, whatever, and you need to make an adjustment to the variation. And, and like that's just part of developing your physique. You know, everyone goes through that. Every single person, you know, like Kitty's hell bent on doing her step back lunges at the moment. She really wants to make progress with that, but she's got this bit of a toe issue that kind of keeps coming up and she kind of gets to a certain weight and she's like, oh it's really hurting. I don't know if I can continue to do this. It's like, I know she really wants to get to be lifting these certain weights, but she's got this issue there. So it's like, okay, do we need to go to see gym and try get some video, try and figure out what it is? Or do we just make an adjustment to find something else you continue with? But, but this is just part of the life cycle of training and physique development and, and developing those skills and, and whatever. It's never a perfect linear progression. You know, there's going to be ebbs and flows and there's going to be times you're going to need to be, make adjustments or, you know, I've had, so many clients that have gotten COVID, you know, this year and they're like progress was going good. And then they just, you know, have to take some time off because I'm sick and isolation, all that sort of stuff. Like th these are just things that are out of our control, but we need to then come back to always the objective metrics and kind of go, well, over a certain amount of time, how much have I added? And within that time, how many restrictions have I had COVID or sick, whatever it is. All right. I've had a couple. Okay, cool. A bit of leeway, Grace, fine. But does it still match the effort? Does it still match my ability to really put in that time to learning it, considering the amount of time I've actually been doing it? And if they don't match, you have to then take that on board and kind of go, well, is it something wrong with the program or is it me just not potentially executing the program to the best of my ability? And the reality is, in most cases, that's what it is. There is a level of intent that needs to come with making significant progression. And regardless of the client and regardless, you know, like I said, the, the single mum with, with four kids or the, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the nurse who works night shift or whatever, success leaves clues. If they've had a significant body composition change and they look more like that toned athletic stronger version, that is only because they have made significant changes with also sorry, significant increases in the weights that they're lifting, but also at the same time being good enough with their food to control their body weight. They're really the only two metrics that matter at the end of the day. But if you want to look like that stronger athletic version, you have to add some decent weight to the fucking bar and you have to be willing to put in a high level of effort and train to a level that really is going to stimulate those muscle fibers. We've talked about this enough.
your effective rep ranges. You see people in the leg press, they leg press, they leg press. Rep 10 looks exactly the same as rep run. They just stop. I'm like, if you're lifting a weight that you can clearly do for 20 reps and you stop at 10, it's not going to do anything <laughs> like at all. So it's just like you have to know where your threshold is and you have to be, you know, writing down your weights and what you're lifting. And, and if you're writing down and understanding where your true threshold is, then you know that, well, if I add a significant amount of weight to this over time, then I'm going to look the way I want to look. It's not rocket science, right? It just takes a while. But the reality is if you don't put the effort in and do those things, you are just never, ever going to look and you're going to be more confused and more frustrated than you are if you continue to go down the rabbit hole and going, I'm doing these activation exercises and, you know, I'm really focusing on this and getting my form. It's like, oh, that's good to a point. Sure. But sometimes you just got to get a bit more aggressive at some fucking weights. Let's talk about then. So the two types of clients, because I think, so there's, and this client that we were discussing before is a good example and she's similar to I was. So I think, you know, if you're starting out and you don't have a lot of muscle and you've been restricting um, and you are at a lighter body weight and, you know, you're not like 40% body fat, you know, this client, it, her weight is going up, but her body fat's going down and her clothes are all fitting really well and she's starting to look better, but her mind is still like the scales are going up, the scales are going up. And it's like, who gives a fuck about the scales? Yeah. Because you, your body, you're recomping your body basically. And you've yes. pushed her food up now to what, 2,100 calories? Yep. 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 And the thing that's changed is that she's got serious about her training. Yes. But it's like, I think you've, if you're that type of woman and I was like that too, you've got to shift. Who cares about the scales? Yep. Does it really matter what the scales say? Yep. Yeah. Like, like, well, that, that, that you need, you need to know what your top, your total body weight. I mean, is. not saying don't measure, but I mean, why are we so fixated on like, if, for example, mine used to be, I've got to be 62. Yes. And even if it went over 62, but I'd look better. I was like, oh, it has to be 62. But then I got to the point where I was like, oh, well, who gives a fuck about what the actual weight is? Yep. It's about my body composition that matters, how much muscle I have. And I'm looking so much better, even though I weigh more because yes. I've got more muscle and less body fat. Yeah. So I, that's what I mean. You've got, you've got to step back and look at everything from 10,000 feet and not, not focus in on one piece of the pizza, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, we need body weight, you know, the way we, the way we kind of look at body composition and, and the changes is, is body weight. And then your girth measurements, right? So you do your, your small waist and your belly button, your hips and your glutes and your thighs and all this sort of stuff. And that's going to give us an understanding of what your total measures are. And based off those measures, we can then, you know, roughly determine what your body composition, uh, sorry, your body fat percentage is. And then uh, we use photos, right? So standing in the, in the, the same underwear in the same lighting conditions at the same time, um, you know, every week when you do it. And then we can objectively assess. It's just like, okay, your weight's going up, but your measures are going down. Okay. So that's indicative of, you know, that the, the, the weight is going up because of the amount of food that you're eating, which is, you know, I'm intentionally pushing up. Your measures are going down because that is relative to your ability to train appropriately to actually build muscle. So that weight that's going up is actually going to be more um, indicative of muscle gain than anything else. We can then look at the training numbers and go, okay, well, let's look at all the big deals, the deadlift, the squat movement, the push movement, the pull movement, et cetera. Are they, those all going up relative to the rate of weight gain? Yeah, they are. They're making this, the, the appropriate jumps on a per week basis. Great. Okay. Let's have a look at the, the photos. 
let's look at a bit closely. What are the shoulders? What are the, the hamstrings looking like? What are the quads? What's the glutes like? What's the lower back looking like? What's the smaller waist looking like? All of these areas where females generally carry a lot more of their, their body fat. And it's just like, you know, when you assess all of that, it paints a very different picture than just what the scale weight is. Because in this situation, if we only paid attention to scale weight, well, technically she's put on nearly four pounds. People go, oh my God, I've put on four pounds. This is outrageous. I'm like, well, hold on a minute. Your, your measurements, you've also lost almost, uh, uh, she's in inches. I think it's the equivalent of something like 20 centimeters. So, so uh, tw- yeah, 20 centimeters. So, Somebody who's at like 61 kilos, like that's a lot, right? And then it's just like, look at her training numbers. Yes, her deadlift's gone up by X amount. You know, the leg press has gone up by this amount, whatever, et cetera. So it's just like, we've got to look at the whole thing and then objectively assess what the picture is actually being painted here, do you know? And then, you know, she also mentioned, she's just like, oh, um, I've, I'm, I've actually dropped down a dress size and, and I'm actually fitting some of, some of my, my pants are actually quite loose. And I'm like, well, you can't. Okay. Well, that's something that you've noticed. Like I can't, you know, sell that to you. You know, people are like, Oh, I can't really see any you know changes in my pictures. And I kind of point out, I'm like, look at this area here. Look at this area here. If we zoom in like that, you can see the changes, but clothes fitting is, is something that's so unique to only that person can tell. So when they go, oh, my, yeah, my pants are easier. They're actually getting a little bit loose. Or I put my bra on or different things like that. And I'm like, well, obviously something's changing. And if they're getting loose, it usually means you're getting smaller. So we've got to look at it. We've got to look at the whole piece, right? And then at the end of the day, what needs to change is only ever going to be how much food you're eating, right? How well your training's being executed and, and your effort, and then obviously we, we use steps as a way to kind of increase output uh, at a low intensity. So they're kind of the main things. And then after that, if, if things are getting a little bit more nuanced, we need to then look at some of the subjectives. It's just like, what time do you go to bed each night? You know, what time are you waking up? You know, what's your digestion like? What's your energy during the day? You know, like that's where all those sort of things start to play a part because sometimes people can be doing everything right, but their, their sleep patterns are just not that great. And it's like, you're still getting a result, but this might actually improve a bit more if we actually got a little bit more sleep at night, you know? So sometimes it can be just simply around coaching, um, you know, some of those, those habits, those lifestyle habits more than simply just the food and the training. So we, we need to look at everything from 10,000 feet and, and understand what the, what the true picture actually is. Now let's look at an example of some women at the at the other end of the scale because like you said we get a variety of women that come into our program you know it's more women that have a lot of body fat to lose but we do get quite a lot of women like me that are smaller maybe have been athletes in the past that have got some experience training I think this example just demonstrates what you're talking about so well so I'm just going to talk about two clients. I'm not going to say their names um, A and B so both of them started at just under 100 kilos they're both similar height um but one client had been was really diligent with her training so they both trained three days a week they both walked on average of 10 to 12k steps a day but client a just for whatever reason really um got into the training and applied herself she became you know what i remember watching her videos and really good at squatting i'm not saying you have to squat but just really applied herself across all the movements you know like craig said working through that full range of motion she increased 
you know, her weight across all her lifts, leg press was big, you know, she squatted, she, she deadlifted again. You don't have to do those movements, but it's just making progress across all of them. And both of them lost about between 26 to 28 kilos. Um, but client B just didn't apply herself as well to the training, didn't see those training increases. And they, even though they've lost the same amount of weight, their body composition is remarkably different. Like client A, she's got those like muscular shoulders, her legs are really defined. She's got much more muscle, lower body fat percentage, and she's maintaining her um, her current body composition. She eats about 2,400 calories a day, whereas the client B is only eating 1,900 calories a day. And she looks, even though they're the same weight, she looks a lot different because she has less muscle and more body fat. So people always say, you know, is it important to focus on the training if you've got a lot of body fat to use? And I would say yes, definitely, if you can. So I just want to put this in there that at the end of the day, like Craig said, it's it's the calories that are going to control the fat loss, basically, or the weight loss. Um, so like if 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 you are injured or something is stopping you from training or say you're going through a stressful period with your kids and you can only train two weeks and what you're doing is the best that you can do, that's also okay. It's also okay because, you know, you don't want to think to yourself, well, I can't be bloody perfect, so I'm not going to do anything. So, you know, client B still got amazing results. She still lost 26 kilos. Her life has changed. You know, she, her cycles got better. She got a sex drive back. You know, I actually did an interview with her. She's so funny. Um, and she's talking all about her sex life. So, so many great things. It's just her body looks different, but she did the best that she could with what she had. But you can just see the difference in the body composition at the end with the person that's actually really applied themselves to training. So I think if you can do it, if you have the ability, if things aren't too stressful, you know, like Craig says, why not go all in on your training? Why not really try and extract your best performance? Because you're going to look, you're going to have that more muscular look, but you also, you're meant to eat more, which I think is always good (laughs) because who doesn't want to eat more? (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the food fuels the muscle. You know, I think yeah. uh, I was trying to um, remember this book uh, that I read, uh, you know, so many years ago when a lot of this was starting to really kind of make sense to me. I was like, oh, and it was, um, I'm just trying to think of his name. I think it was Tom uh, DeVuto or DeVuto, something like that. And he wrote a book called, um, um, uh, I think, uh, feed the muscle, build the muscle or something like that. Mm. And the whole book was just simply about like, you know, like the, the, the training is purely the stimulus. The more you create that stimulus, the more food you need to create the adaptions to actualize what you want to see one month down the road, two months down the road, three months, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's typical generic sort of bodybuilding diet. <laughs> chicken and brown rice and all that crap. But, uh, you know, that, but the, the, the fundamental point of it is it's just it's like, well, you've got to feed the muscle, right? You've, you've, got to, you've got to feed the muscle in order for it to grow. And, you know, like you don't recover for free. You know, you need a certain amount of protein to, to rebuild those muscles. All of that requires energy to make that process happen. So you need carbohydrates. Obviously, you need, you know, a certain amount of fats to, you know, absorb all the, your fat-soluble vitamins and obviously just make food a little bit more tastier. But, at the end of the day, like you're know, being on point with what you eat, but also, you know, how much you're eating on a, on a day-to-day basis is ultimately going to determine really, really easy. If you're training hard and, and this is the other thing, like the, the client that I used before, 
you know, the, the, the deadlift example, she's like, I'm really hungry. And I'm like, well, look at your body weight and look at how much you're eating. And it's just like, you're hungry. And it's just like, oh, I'm just starting. I'm waking up hungry. And I'm like, all right, well, we need to eat more food. And it's just like, we'll bump it up again. Keep doing, <laughs> your, right. keep, keep doing your check-in, you know, let me know when you get hungry again. And, I, and I've been through this process with so many people. It's just like, okay, we're going to start at this round. I want you to be training in this kind of manner. These, these are the goal targets we want to be hitting, whatever, right? Do you check in every week? And obviously, I, you know, it's one of the, you know, I always look at it, but I'm like, once you're starting to get hungry, make sure you're, you're putting in that thing. It's just like getting hungry between meals. And I think the next option is like, um, you know, starving. And then it's like the last option is ravenous. I'm going to be <laughs> eating my husband's arm off or something like that. You know, and it's just like, you know, once you're starting to get hungry, I mean, that's always a good subjective way to kind of tell that, especially if your strength's going up, that, you know, body composition is changing and fat's being burnt and all that sort of stuff. But it's just like, once you're getting to the point where it's just like, no, I'm actually waking up hungry. I can't sleep. It's affecting me. Right. You need more food. Right. Well, bump the food up. Let me know when you get hungry again. Train, 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 train for a number of little while. Hey, I'm starting to get hungry again. All right. Mm. Bump the food up again. Let me know when you get hungry. Train, 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 train. And it really, it's like that. And that's ultimately why a lot of people can ultimately boost the calories up because it's a reflection of how hard and and what they're doing with their training to, and the body's just like, if you want us to continue to grow and to continue to get strong and continue to change, this is not going to happen for free. You got to pay the toll. Ah, damn it. Got to eat some more food. (laughs) I also think too, it doesn't mean training six, seven days a week. You know, like the majority of women now program would train on an average, let's say three to four days a week. You know, the more advanced people are training four days because they need to, to to progress, but you're training hard over four days. Like, I feel like I just need the recovery, you know, like it's, you can get great results training four days, but I think the real difference when I met you was one, actually learning how to execute the movements well right. through a full range of motion, but then teaching me how to train with high effort. So it wasn't about doing a million sets. No. It was pushing them, first of all, to complete failure, to show me what that felt like. Mm. And then, you know, like you're like, okay, pull up close to failure, one to two reps short of failure, you know. Um, and that's really when I saw my body start to change, you know, and I could eat way more food. And it's just also really exciting, I think, getting stronger um, and it's just so interesting. Like I feel, and obviously again, I don't want to take anything away from what Craig does as a coach, because there are lots of nuances as he always says, but I'm like, I just feel like so many women fucking overcomplicate it, you know, like this other client that you were talking about, you know, she'd gone through this period, like you said, of, um, you know, doing this slight deficit and she sort of relatively, you know, her strength capabilities at high and she was training, I think, two to three days a week. And at the end of the period, she hasn't made the changes that she really wanted to. And, and you're like, well, look at your training. Mm. <laughs> you just not, you haven't pushed that hard in your training. And it's not like pushing crazy hard and doing stupid things, but like putting that high amount of effort in. You just, you just see, you just see it every time with the women who actually really take, like you said, take the training seriously. Yeah really put the effort into learning the movements like the payoff is just so so great yeah. i think and it's just so so worth it and i just feel like so many women just overcomplicate the fuck out of it i'm like just eat the food eat it like here's the calories you need to eat kitty eat this food and then eat it consistently and go into that gym and you know be good at the movements push them within one to two reps of muscular fat concentric muscular failure 
and then focus on your recovery, do your walking, you know, get your son. And I'm like, it's, it doesn't have to be so over and be, do it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, do it for a while. Stop chop. Like another thing too, which we can talk about in another episode is chopping and changing your exercises all the time. You're yeah. not going to get results, but that's another episode. But I think, yeah, you know, if you can take one thing away from this, is you know the benefit of learning how to lift properly and getting that feedback on your lifting and then learning how to train with high amount of effort yep. and eating appropriately and then recovering and repeating yeah yeah i was just uh wonder what you were saying before like i i go and train at worlds a couple days a week just obviously get out of the garage gym and get out and about and <laughs> try not be so any social um and uh you know look i obviously doing what i do you can't help you know i i got my headphones in i generally keep my head down because i'm just i'm i'm there for me and i'm focusing on me but obviously you know after i do a set i generally go for a walk around the gym instead of sitting there and get some more steps in and that's my recovery a little bit whatever and you like obviously you just notice people and you notice the same sort of people there you're sitting there and it's just you know it was you know uh, uh when was it yeah yesterday yesterday i i uh saw this um this girl in there and and she was uh she was training uh like back she was just doing you know back nothing particularly exciting she's doing like you know one arm dumbbell rows and lat pull downs and like uh she was using the hammer strength like machine row and stuff like that and uh you know it's just i was watching her train and and there was just so much fucking savageness <laughs> as she was training you know the way she was putting the plates on the on the machine and how she was getting herself set into this position and she you know, puts the wraps on and she grabs the phone and she walks out, walks all like down, bang, she's pulling through, bang, you know, whatever. And it's just like, you know, and then she went for that and then she went over the lap, pulled down and she's really driving these things in. And it was just, it, it, and then you, you look around the gym and you watch you know, not just women, just like other guys and you just watch how they're training. And it's just, like you just stand there and you watch and then it's just like you look at her and how she was doing things. And I'm just like, yeah. And she looked awesome. <laughs> she was in great shape. And it was just like, well, th- th- there is, that's not magic. Like it's, it's no coincidence that someone you can see, they walk between their machines and how they go up and how they approach it and how they sit themselves and how they load the plate. And, you know, just they're keeping themselves. They're not, fucking around on the phone like there's just there's this level of commitment and intent there and then they you know, once they actually get into the set and they're pushing it really really hard you know and it's just like they're, they're just the whole moment they're so present in that moment about like i'm really putting in this high amount of effort you know and it was just it was awesome to watch and the thing is it's just like it just you don't see it very often do you know what I mean? And and like I, I don't want to try and discourage anyone who's you know certainly a, you know a beginner lifter or anything. Like there's 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 time you got to go through it, but it's just it's it's the attitude of how you approach it, regardless of where you're you're starting from, right? Like it's just an attitude. It's like I'm going in because I want to get better at this, right? I might suck right now, right? But it's it's that classic example. It's just like you, you don't need to be good to start, but you need to start to be good. And it's just like the more and more you do it, you know, and you go with that attitude, that intent, it's just like, yep, I'm, I'm, I really want to make a change here. Like, this isn't good enough. I want to be good at this. I'm, I'm going in with this attitude and town. I'm going to apply myself here. And I'm going to do this session in, session out, session in, session out. And it's just like, it's just how hard you train in that intent is, is generally 80% of where most people's results are going to come from. 
just simply the attitude and, and, and how they apply themselves. You know, mm. the, the program doesn't need to be anything magic. I've had, you know, people, you know, who don't really have a lot of idea around training who seem to have a giant fucking opinion around how they want to do stuff. And they're like, well, I prefer to do this and whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. We can put that in. Well, what about this? You know, I, I prefer to do it like this because this is the way I get the most stimulus. And I'm like, I feel like saying, look, with all due respect, I don't really give two shits what fucking you want to do. Just tell me what it is and I'll put it together. As long as you train it hard, you will get a result. It wouldn't matter if it was a full body program, an upper lower, a push pull leg split, whatever it is. Right? Yeah. Just if we put it in and we come to that happy medium, cool, great. Now I just need you to do your part and fucking train it hard because nothing will change. And there's no, there's no such thing as a magic structural perfect split. Sure, there's ones that you would enjoy better, but at the end of the day, if there is no effort and there's no intent, nothing will change. And just to finish off, just a comment from a lady that I chatted with today. Um, she's like, oh, I think sometimes you can look at women ahead of you who are very strong and think I'll never get there or I'm really worried about hurting myself. But just remember, like when women join our program, we will get an understanding of their actual capability and their experience lifting. So if someone's never lifted before, they're just going to be given basic movements like dumbbell squats and dumbbell hinges. And then we gradually build up and build up and you gradually add weight over time. So remember, you're not going to go from zero to squatting a hundred kilos. I once started also squatting with a dumbbell and also doing dumbbell hinge movements. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's like, remember it start at the bottom, focus on what's right in front of you and then focus on, I think, you know, gradually adding weight over time and getting better at the movements. And then, you know, who knows where you'll be in a year's time, two years time, three years time. I think you've just got to love the lifting because it's, if you're just thinking, oh, I just want to do it to get to a result. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you love it, you're going to do it. Like, I think we're going to, we're going to be like 80 kilos, bloody, we'll still be, we'll still be deadlifting. So yeah. So just wanted to say that at the end and (laughs) 80 year old in age. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, uh, as always guys, um, please, uh, rate and review this episode. So even if you've given us a rating and review before, you can do it as many times as you like. And for extra brownie points, take a screenshot of, uh, the episode or the review and share it on Instagram stories, uh, with your biggest takeaways and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-E-L-D. Uh, and then each month I pick someone who's shared and they get a tub of Saturay, uh premium collagen. So I hope this helped. I hope you're going to go into the gym with a bit more enthusiasm and passion. Um, and, you know, really- <laughs> get after it. More zest, more gusto, you, people. Listen more to gusto. this episode and you enjoyed this. Go back and listen to the one with Damon Hayhow. I had a lady who got on a call with me. They said, oh, just listen to that episode with Damon. I just loved it. I love him. And I'm like, I really love Damon too. I just love his intensity. It's been a while since we've had a yeah. chat talk. We should. Mr. Intensity. He is. I love him. I just love him so much. But he looks amazing. He's got the most amazing physique. But anyway, hope you enjoyed that episode and we will see you next week. See you. Bye.